Are you ready? All right. I'm good. Yeah. Great. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of the podcast Careless Talk with Careless Talks with Jay King and myself. Thank you for joining in. Uh, if you miss this podcast, you can rewatch it on Twitch or YouTube. And today we do have a lot of topics we want to talk about. Right, Jay King? Definitely. Got a pretty <laughs> long list of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my girlfriend is visiting me in less than one and a half an hour. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so let's go. You should have her on the uh, podcast one of these days. Excuse me. Uh, I should. Uh, you should have her on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but she wants me to to pick her up from the from the ah. station. <laughs> <laughs> That's problematic. I, I need maybe five or ten minutes to go there. All right, well, oh, should be fine. All right, there are a lot of topics and a lot of tournament this this month and last months. Uh, the first on the list was the draft tournament. I would like to start yeah. with this. Yeah, so that was something that actually like took me by like surprise that uh, 1939 was like planning that. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, basically. It was for, I think it was a 72-hour period. Um, they they tracked your draft wins, and then the people with the total number of draft wins over, like, I think it was a 72-hour period, um, got rewards, uh, like, scaling down. So it was, like, top five got the full pre-order, and then I think six to ten got the, like, five packs or something like that. I don't remember the exact rewards, but... Um, I do because I got the tab open right here. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm prepared. Yeah, I, I will yeah. show you. So this is the draft tournament winner announcement. Uh, there, this weekend, there were total draft games played 31,500. <laughs> insane. And total unique player played over 4,000. That's that's a lot, and these are the five winner. Like this guy is insane with a huge gap, two hundred seven wins, <laughs> uh, nearly eighty yeah. percent win ratio. Uh, ratio. And, and if you if you saw the um, they like kept people updated on people's wins, like for the uh, top players as they went on. He hit two hundred and seven like 12 hours before the tournament ended and then just stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he needed to sleep this weekend for, for at least a couple hours. Yeah. But yeah, the top five player will receive the complete breakthrough expansion pre-order. And remember, the full pre-order is a Field Marshal $100 pre-order containing... 32 breakthrough officer packs and you're able to open six of them already today this is pretty huge i thought about participating uh, but i was busy with the world championship and i yeah <laughs> <laughs> i 
I didn't even play a single game of draft, so I'm not within these four four thousand three hundred fifty people. Um, yeah, like a a hundred a hundred and fifty draft wins over one weekend is so <laughs> many. <laughs> yeah, he like got. Even if you went seven wins every single run, that's still like almost thirty runs. <laughs> Uh, he got a huge addition to his collection, only with the with the runs, with the runs, yeah. and on top of that, he got the big expansion pre-order and like all of them, all of them. That's incredible. It's yeah, I saw actually I saw David Lynch signed up for the uh, cards open three, like the popper tournament. Ah, okay. So maybe he's gonna become more of like a recognized name. And yeah, it's just like a breakthrough tournament. Maybe. Well, the next five player received three breakthrough officer packs and five standard packs. That's so still nice, uh, but m maybe not if you invested like a lot of real money. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, place six is Imikun with only two. <laughs> he missed uh, rank five by two two wins. That's that's really sad. That's I'm pretty very sure he sad. was playing like right up until the end. Yeah. Well, Imi Kuhn is a Soviet streamer playing only cards like Dynamo. I think Vini is a Russian player too, playing a lot of draft. Tower number nine is draft player yeah, too. He's, he's won a couple of seasons, hasn't he? He, he won one season. Uh, in January, I was second. <laughs> As yeah. usual. Yeah. Well, the, the next 10 ranks received two breakthrough officer packs, three standard packs, and then one breakthrough officer pack, two standard packs. That are a lot of packs 1939 just gave away. What uh, I find really interesting is that there's like a lot of well-known names, like kind of lower down. Like you see Cold Carl, Dynamo D, both big draft streamers. Yeah. Uh, but the top five are... Even like top ten, really, is people. This, who... That's the first time I I hear this name yeah. or I read these names. <laughs> but but yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, it's good that not only the well-known player or the top player are getting the most benefit out of out of these events. That I, I think this was one of the reasons they choose to make this draft tournament during the World Championship. So mm -hmm. they excluded the top player. <laughs> yeah, and looking at the uh, win rates, it shows like these people aren't just people who played for the full 72 hours, getting like two hours of sleep and just grinded out as much as possible. Like they have, like they showed the win rates for the top five and it's like 65, 70, 75% win rates in draft. So like these are like draft gods who just don't stream, so they're not as well known. So I'm yeah. really glad they were, they were able to have a tournament to show like off their skill. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. The next tournament, the is the Cards Open Three. You already mentioned this before, and the Cards Open Three is a Pauper tournament, meaning you're only allowed to play with standard and limited cards. 
But this is like cards open one and cards open two, a turn and open tournament with no entry fee, so everyone could participate. And there were like 250 people playing this. Let's see. Yeah, I think there was like 350 signed up and I think 250 showed up. Yeah. Like, so a lot of people signed signed up and played this tournament. And uh, this is a free-to-play tournament, but the top eight are playing for $1,000. And top eight, everyone is receiving 30 packs. So yeah, that's and I think yeah I think Ollie mentioned yesterday that one of the people who got top eight had been playing for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so he's I'm sure he's very happy. <laughs> yeah, sure. He he didn't paid anything, played this tournament, got thirty packs for free, and is now able to play for <laughs> uh, for yeah thousand dollar prize pool. Well, five hundred for the first or four hundred something like that. Here, this is. Uh, the current standing of cards open three. Congratulations, Jay King, standing first. Thank you. That's yeah, amazing. I lost, <laughs> I lost my last game. Uh, but, but still rank one. Go team ammo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know Spooze, he's another streamer. Um, El Chicken Rice was... Bubbles. Yeah, Innocent Bubbles 2, streaming from Team Radiant Gaming. A Chicken Rice was at the World Championship participating too, like Innocent, Gabo, yeah, like you. But mm-hmm. I don't know this Chinese player, Uncle, this Chinese player, and this Russian player. One of these is the new one. Yeah, I saw Uncle on Bladder uh, like the day after the tournament. So It's probably not him. So yeah. this... Rank 2 yeah. or rank 3 is this new player? Well, Vavilon was the guy who beat me <laughs> in the end, so that'd be pretty cool if that was the uh, new player. Maybe you lost to a noob. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's very good. <laughs> yeah, so, so he's Sorry. a newbie, not a noob. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah That's it's very true. interesting to see the uh, strategies in the open, and I think it, like the people who got further, like the first three or four games was really just like siphoning out people who had discovered what the best strategy was versus people who hadn't. Uh, and Popper is like a fairly new format. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people had very different deck ideas. So the first couple of games, people were playing very different things. And then by the end, after like the third game, every single person I played started with tokens. And because I, I think people figured out very quickly that tokens was just the best popper deck by a lot. Yeah. So every single player brought tokens after like game two or three uh, <laughs> that I saw. <laughs> yeah, I I was this weekend. I was really mad. I couldn't participate. Uh, but I made an agreement with nine eight three events that I I could participate in the Swiss rounds, but I have to drop out. After this response, so I'm not able to play in the top eight because I will cast the top eight probably with Oli Krumi on the 19th and 20th of December. The games will play it before 
uh, and recorded, cut and cut together, put together to a nice broadcast uh, with yeah some nice caster. Uh, this is maybe a nice little Christmas gift to the uh, Twitch community, to the cards community, and for sure for the participants of this cards open three. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good for players who have smaller collections or are new to the game to see what people can do with only standard and limited cards. Yeah. But my one worry is it, it might be a bit boring watching like the fifth <laughs> mirror, like tokens mirror in a row. <laughs> hopefully the, the other decks will spice things up a bit. Because other yeah. tokens. There's a lot of different ideas, like U.S. Frontline, um, written like mid-range buff decks, uh, like Japanese decks, like Japanese aggro, Japanese mid-range with the Blitz planes. Yeah, so there's I, lots of mm, ideas other than tokens, but everyone will be bringing tokens, and I can promise you that. <laughs> I I will try to put some power and some hype into these games. Well, <laughs> maybe this this will be hard, but it's not that many games. Um. Because this, the second round is already the the half final, and then it's the grand final. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't even show all of the quarterfinals. Let's see. All right. Uh, the next tournament is an official tournament. I want to get some more attention because uh, there's the Christmas tournaments. And you're able to sign up at the uh, official cards no? card server. Unofficial tournaments. And here are this this link. Or ask Arizona Kid or Joseph. These two guys are hosting the um, where is it? here? No. I will host. Uh, these guys are hosting the Christmas tournament. You just have to sign up. It's free to enter. And you just need to play to receive at least one gift. So there are more packs for free. Uh, and the prices are even better. Uh, you need to one one to win one time, and you're getting two or three packs. You need to win two times. You're getting already four, I think. Uh, so this that's a pretty pretty good idea from the community hosting these tournaments, getting uh, the developer in so they will pay with with packs and gifts. You yeah. should you should check this out. They deserve like a huge shout out, because um, I remember they hosted like a very tiny tournament uh, a couple of months ago, and then I heard them talking. I was following them a little bit in the unofficial tournaments chat, and they were talking about maybe hosting a big, bigger tournament. And I saw them like throwing around these big numbers and how many people they hoped would be able to get to join. And I expected this to be just like kind of an idea that they have and then it never really comes to fruition because it's several months down the <laughs> line and whatnot. But they stuck with it and they had 
they put in the effort to like advertise for it. Uh, they got they contacted the developers. They got the pack rewards for it, and they put in the time to organize it. So they have like put in a ton of effort into making this tournament, and it is. It, there's no reason not to sign up because just signing up, you get a pack. So even yes. if you think you don't have time to play the whole tournament, or you think you have like a really bad collection and are going to lose or anything like that, still sign up because... Just sign up, just play. Even yeah. if you lose, you get a pack. That's amazing. And uh, I think something very interesting they're doing with the how it's organized is each half of the bracket, like one half of the bracket is for players who have less than 300 hours and the other half of the bracket is for players with more than 300 hours. Oh, really? So this will... Yeah, so that's going to um, kind of like divide... I guess players who are more likely to have a full collection and more likely to have mm -hmm. like much more experience. So it's going to give newer players or players with less of a collection a chance to get further and get more rewards. Yeah. Damn, that's that's an amazing idea. Well, yeah, if I'm and if we, we are supporting uh, these tournaments with participating, like the Cards Open Three, like this Christmas tournaments. Uh, if we get more and more people playing these games, the developer will recognize this. The player count, the player count is, is rising, and uh, that's that's good for the game. So they will, uh, with more attention from us to these tournaments, they will um, make more tournaments. They will uh, grant higher prices, more prize money. Um, participating in these tournaments, even in the unofficial tournaments, is good for us because uh, we will uh, getting more out of it, and we will help cards to to get bigger. Yeah. 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 For sure. And I think that's that's something that's like really important. Is I think there's a lot of players who have the talent to play in tournaments and they just either don't have the time to grind up to like top 12 on ladder or they just don't think that they're good enough. And just promoting these like open tournaments, I think is going to see a lot of new players enter the competitive scene and a lot of new players like have breakthrough performances. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like I like the OCC and um, you and I have both been to all the OCCs, but I'm sure as like players who are like players who aren't in the OCCs, they want to see new people or they want to think that they have a chance of making it into these tournaments. And I think these open tournaments and these unofficial community led tournaments are like a great place to start. Yeah, for sure. And that that's a very nice thing from the developer, from Oli. Uh, they are experimenting with these formats, with these tournament styles. So uh, not only the same people are participating over and over again, like the OCC. Well, the OCC is great to to reward the highest rank player and to... Yeah. to Incentivize playing ladder. Yes. 
Let me send you a better picture of the bracket darkness. All right, thank you very much, Alex, for me. I was I was <laughs> just preparing the World Championship final for tomorrow because uh, the seeding is is ready and uh, there it is. Ah, nice. Thank you very much. I just need to to save it and to edit. So is this the right one? Yeah. All right. Next topic: World Championship 2020. I'm getting a big one. It's a big one. I'm I'm getting a little nervous. Well, I reached my goal. I really wanted. I really wanted to reach top four. Because last year, top four were <laughs> invited to I to Iceland, and the developer paid for, for the plane, for the hotel. I really wanted to visit them, and it's not possible. That's that's very sad. But I still reached top four, uh, meaning I already got $1,000 for sure. That is amazing. And if I win like the first or the second place, I do got, get enough money from the prize uh, pool. I will grab my girlfriend and fly to Iceland by myself. <laughs> and I, I want to make a lot of pictures, maybe videos. Uh, Oli already uh, invited me to visit to visit the uh, 1939 studios. I really want to do this. Yeah. If if you end up doing that, you should like take a lot of videos and then splice them together as like some sort of like a travel vlog that you can like play on a like you can like uh, stream the video of later. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I I don't know about this this format yet, but I plan to do this. Yeah. Also, I think it's whoever wins. Uh, first place in this tournament is going to immediately become the number one cards earner. Yeah, like, <laughs> <tournament> earner. definitely. <laughs> right, right now you are in a pretty good position, but uh, Gearbot is still number yeah, one cards earner with I think three thousand six hundred dollar. All right, and for tomorrow the seeding is done. Let's have a look. Well, I messed this up a little. <laughs> so the seeding is done. Um, first, it's Fenrir against CCMS, and second, it's me. It's Darkness against CU. So the winner will uh, move on, and the loser are in the loser bracket. Yeah, I think the addition of the losers bracket is one hundred percent my favorite. Think yeah. about this tournament, and I really hope that this becomes the norm for future cards tournaments. Yeah. So, so for anyone who doesn't understand how a loser's bracket works, is essentially it means to to win the tournament, you have to win. Sorry, the winning the tournament is the last person uh, who hasn't lost two sets in a row. So if you lose two sets, you're out. But yeah. if you lose one set, you're still in the tournament. So, for example, um, Darkness versus CU. If Darkness wins, CU will drop down into the loser's bracket, 
and play the loser of Fenrir versus CCMS. And let's say Fenrir wins and CCMS drops down. So then you will have CU versus CCMS in the loser's bracket. The winner of that will move on. The loser of that will be eliminated from the tournament because they've lost two sets in a row. Now, the winner of that loser bracket match will then play the loser of Fenrir versus Darkness in this hypothetical bracket. And then between those, the loser will drop out because they will have lost two sets. And the winner will then go on to fight the winner of Fenrir versus Darkness in the grand finals. And then in that case, the winner will have to lose two sets in a row. Which is unlikely, but still possible. So you could theoretically lose your first set and then win the next four in a row and still win the tournament. So it just adds on like an extra level of um, just like consistency in terms of like your talent and like the decks you brought and how you play determining where you end up in the tournament. Yeah, that's true. I really like this double elimination. elimination I really like this double elimination format too because um in in cuts and in OCCGs uh there's a lot of random stuff. Not as much in well in cards it's not as much in as in Hearthstone. Uh but it's still becoming to the odds like you got a win rate of or potential win rate against J aggro with your deck for like seventy percent, but you can have a bad mulligan, your opponent can have an incredible good mulligan and you just lose in your favorite matchup. Uh, maybe just because of luck. But with this amount of matches played, um, the chance of winning by luck is reduced a lot. Yeah. And uh, same, same with the Swiss tournaments. Uh, if, if you're not a great player doing consistent, uh, very consistent, very good plays uh, and matches overall, uh, you are you have a hard time reaching the, the top 8 or top 16. Yeah, I think, and I assume all of these uh, matches are best of fives? No, I think all of these matches are best of three. Uh, but the grand final and the game for uh, the for for rank three. Ah, so okay. these, these bracket games are best of three, and the grand final and game for uh, yeah play three is best of five. Yeah, I would like to see the day where we can have double elimination and best of fives in every set because <laughs> I think that's really gonna have the better player win the, like as often as possible and you'll see like the most consistent um like outcomes but i also understand that there's like massive time constraints <laughs> on best I, of fives for everything. I, I really think this this would be too much time i, I like the style uh, like this style is my favorite i don't want to play 10 hours or sit there for 10 hours 12 hours both days it's a weekend uh, I mean, if, I... if if cards is getting bigger and the prize money is not only ten thousand but maybe one hundred thousand dollars sometimes, uh, I would prefer a best of five. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just 
I'm just thinking back to my game in top 16 for World Championship this year. And Fenrir is like a very strong opponent, and he did not make any misplays, and he beat me 2-1. And I'm excited to see how far he can go in top 4. But the fact that I was just eliminated from the tournament after losing two games does not feel great. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because I lost. Like, I'm sure other, there's tons of other players who are very good and just got, like, unlucky in one game or mm -hmm. got unlucky in, like, two games or just got unlucky with who they were matched up against in the first round. And I think having best of fives will mean that every single deck you bring is important. And having double elimination earlier on in the tournament uh, well, will Jake. mean that. Yeah. Yeah, Jaking, I just got the information from Oli. Uh, the winner bracket player starts 1 0 in the best of five finals. Ooh. Okay, so I assume there's not going to be a bracket reset then? Well, it's. Uh, both player who won their first game. Uh, got an advantage for for the for the final for the finals. So the first game is very important because if mm -hmm. you win the first game and the second, you starting one zero in the grand final. If you winning first game and losing the second one, you are starting uh, with one. Wait a second, no, that that doesn't make any sense. This only counts for the grand final, right? Yeah, not dropping any series gives you an advantage. So this counts only for the grand final. Doesn't affect uh, match for for third place. So if if you win the first two games, you you got a run and like a win streak uh, for for the officer club. <laughs> Very excited. So, but I'm not I, sure if we mentioned, but the World Championship is this weekend. Like it's been yes. streamed live this weekend. Um, do I, we have the times for that? Yeah, you got this as pop up in the in the in game. Right, right, right. Right, I, I would just restart cards. But everyone should. Watch that and well, I didn't support. got it again, uh, but I think it's tomorrow <laughs> at 15 UTC. Tomorrow, 15 UTC, this will start. Yeah, and if you're able to, you should tune in and support Kaid, support the world championship, cheer on your favorite player, uh, and just show that there is an interest for tournaments like these. And yeah, we, we really need a growing count of Euro of the World Championship because with more attention for the World Championship, the next World Championship is going to be bigger. Mm -hmm. And I also think there's like this good potential for like finding new players from this stream. So like I, I don't know about other people, but I know that if I'm on Twitch and I see like a world championship stream for a game I've never seen, I'll probably watch it. And if the game looks cool, I'll probably play it. Yeah, that's uh, so I think, true. I think like, especially world championship specifically tournaments are like a very good way of bringing in new players. Yeah, you're absolutely right.
All right. Did we talk about all the tournaments? Um, talked about the Open, the unofficial tournament from Arizona and Joseph, and World Championship. Um, oh, there's going to be OCC. Yeah, there's, there's OCC coming up. Um, so the I will show you my screen. Uh, if Ollie's still here, hopefully he can confirm whether or not the new cards are going to be able to be used in OCC. Because if this is the first tournament where Breakthrough is yeah. legal, we're going to see very interesting things. Oh, I'm I'm hyped for this, but I think so. Should be allowed. <laughs> like like the the campaign, we did, all the OCC participants had like five days or three days to prepare <laughs> their new decks. This was funny. So this is the season twenty ranking. So Blue Blast won the season. Uh, Oli was wrong this morning. Blue Blast is not a multiple uh, officer club winner. This is his first season win, which is actually very surprising because he's he's probably spent more time at rank one than any other player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Blue puts in so much time on ladder and he's such a talented player and like going back to um april like he was f first for like the first 25 days of the season yeah. in april and i think he ended up placing like 11th so <laughs> he's finally broken this curse of not being able to place first on uh ladder at the end of the season uh, like so. i broke my curse of losing every single occ <laughs> <laughs> match i ever played yeah, interesting months for for sure. So Blue Blast is first, Jacking second, Hui Hui is third, and Charlin is fourth. These are granted a place in the top eight of the OCC, and rank five to rank twelve is going to face each other. Like uh, rank five is facing XQ, and I am facing Sa Sai Ka Sakira. Something like that. Saria. Saria, yeah. Another top yeah, sixteen a, player. He's a very Ooh. good player. He, he's played a, him a lot. He is a very good player. Well, the next OCC is hard for me. Damn. And uh, these top twelve player are invited to the OCC, the Officer Club Championship. This is a regular tournament. Uh, like every month, the top. 12 of the season are invited to this tournament to play for $1,000. This is pretty cool for a kind of small game like cards, establishing an esports scene very early on. I do much appreciate that. Yeah, it's Saria. All right, I, I will face Saria. Yeah, and I, I think it's like looking at the uh most played nations of everyone in top 10 i think shows how healthy of a game like space there is right now in terms of the meta yeah it really is this was kind of surprising but you see three times japan three times germany two times britain and soviet and us most played one <laughs> if you compare this with the earlier nations this is maybe fine but they are rare like, like season 14 <laughs> <laughs> only soviet and 
Japan. 14 is only Germany. There was a lot Japan. of Germany. <laughs> well, currently, currently, cards is very, very balanced. Yeah, like there was a couple seasons in a row where every single player in top 10 was only one nation. And now you have all five nations being represented. And the uh, player at number seven, he's most played Soviet, and he didn't even reach field marshal with Britain or Japan, despite Britain and Japan being the most played for like the top five. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's incredible. Like there's so many oh. different <laughs> strategies and different decks that are working right now going into Breakthrough. Uh, I really appreciate that. So they balance cards very, very well. And this is great for the for the world championship because all all nations are strong by themselves. Well, looking at the ladder, Soviet is very underrepresented and Soviet is kind of bad in the ladder. But maybe the most feared deck in the world championship, like everyone was playing Soviet Japan yeah. control or lost to it. <laughs> there were so many Soviet mirrors going on in the Swiss, Swiss rounds. Yeah, the Swiss round, I think Soviet Japan control was the most um, broad deck by itself, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And now it's like basically <laughs> gone off of ladder. Like I, it's, I, I call it's this... crazy. Yeah. It's crazy like how much the meta shifts despite no card changes. So what, like the last nerf and buffs was what like several months ago i think no they changed resistance um and might have been the reichsbank change oh they changed pioneers as well yeah but like for example soviets have not had any changes to the cards being run in that deck since night witches which i believe happened in august maybe september and like it took like a month for people to figure out this deck and then it became the most popular tournament deck and really popular across ladder. Yeah. And now it's starting to fade away, despite, again, no changes to any of the cards being run in the deck. And but, you saw, like, Brit Air come back on the scene. Uh, I think that was, like, popularized yeah. by a lot of Chinese players. And that deck has not been changed whatsoever. Since, <laughs> like, since, since last year. <laughs> since yeah. last year. Like, last World Championship, there was a lot of Brit Air going on. And most of the years, this deck was like dead because there were a lot of flamp panthers, a lot of potential counters. But out of nowhere, it's just appeared again. And th these changes are doing minor changes, like minor patch changes and balance changes. Uh, this is proof for cards being overall well balanced and having great variety of different archetypes and play styles. And they are balanced in between. It's not like other uh, online collectible card games where you have like two or three meta decks or maybe one meta decks. Everybody's playing. Uh, if you take a look at the top 10 ladder right now uh, from, from last season, uh, I think all of these players had different decks. And yeah, a lot of different nations. It's not like they're playing the meta deck. It's like Blue Bloods played a lot of air and so uh, US aggro. J King played yeah. a lot of J aggro, but with Frightened Retreat. Uh, Hui Hui played Brit air, 
Charlie and I Fate. Think actually, I think he was, he was actually playing Brit Control. Ma maybe even Brit Control. I don't know. Charlie was yeah, playing very aggressive. Uh, Japan aggro without frightened retreat. Comtruce was bringing German aggro. Uh, I played Germany, but mid range with burst of fire and switched to Soviet control after that. This guy was bringing token. I don't know what bubbles or these guys played. I don't know, but yeah, it's also it only shows the, your most played nation, and that honest that often leaves a lot unsaid. So I think like I think it was season fifteen where everyone brought Germany, and that's. You know, <laughs> everyone played like ninety percent of their games was the exact same German yeah. deck. But um, like for example, last season, I think season nineteen, um, my most played was Soviet, and I played Soviet Japan control. I played Soviet US control. I played Britain Germany commandos. I played Britain US commandos. I tried Britain Japan air. Uh, I was playing a German aggro deck. I was playing ramp. I was playing Jagro, like. So it just says most played Soviet, but I was like able to ladder in top ten and like climb in top ten with like basically a dozen different decks across every single set of nations. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. I think I know a lot of people, especially recently, they've I've seen a lot of people come up with stats on like nation representation in top ten across all the seasons and saying that US needs to be changed or buffed because it's not represented as much as other nations. And I don't think that's because you can't make top 10 with the US. I think it's just because like of how, like the speed at which you win games. So if you saw last season, my most played was Japan. It used to be Germany up until the last day. And I switched to Japan just because games with Japan was, were faster. So I think that's the reason why you don't see U.S. as the most played in top 10 is just, like, game length. I don't think that has anything to do with actual, like, balance or strength. Definitely. <laughs> well, I, I got an extra context from Ollie here. Uh, He's saying that 1939, uh, they really want our collection to give us the uh, constant value and offer new and fun possibilities without uh, having to get new cards or buy more packs. Uh, so they really want to, to generate value out of uh, the cards collection with, uh, without making cards like pay to win or without needing all of the cards to play the perfect ladder deck. And I will uh, cancel the call quickly and invite you both, Jaking, Jaking and Ollie, so we can talk about this maybe. Hello? Um, I messed up. Wait a second. Um, there is a 
group checking or oh, can someone post in the group of us three again maybe there here you go hello 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 hi ollie how's it going it's going pretty good how are things over in uh Iceland with that breakthrough is live, kind of. Uh, do do uh, you got a, got a link for me, Oli, so people can watch your face? <laughs> I'm actually I'm laying in bed right now. So. <laughs> you, you don't um, have to. You don't have to. Um, I I like I I locked myself in the room so my girlfriend would have uh, more uh, quiet to study. So okay. I'm I'm working on my laptop at the moment, but. Uh, but I, I think the the conversation you guys been have have been having now, I've been listening in, and it's it's really cool. Uh, but I just really wanted to give some context there because this was, uh, you know, the monthly balance patches and the the kind of small tweaks to to cards um, was a very deliberate decision to start bringing in, you know, uh, new value to your deck and to your collection by buffing up maybe very unused cards. Um, and nerfing very overused cards. So you might be using different parts of your collection month by month, but it will always be you know, as powerful overall. And I think this is something that comes with you know, us making another conscious decision to try and do things that are different from the kind of constraints that physical card games have had for such a long time, where you know, if Magic the Gathering prints a new set and they, they ship it all over the world, they can't, like, drop someone's health by one, right? Like, <laughs> what are they going to do? Have everybody, like, exit out and, and type in four or something? Like, <laughs> they can't do that, right? Yeah. And and this is a constraint that a lot of the digital card games have just brought over um, with them into the digital space because it works really well to sell packs, right? Um, because you just say, all right, now you want your collection to be more powerful. Well, we're going to put in, you know, 150 new cards um, and 50 of them are maybe useless, um, but you have to go through all of them to, to get them. Whereas the approach that we're looking at here is that your collection as it stands at any given moment should be able to represent like a lot of possibilities. You should be able to discover new stuff in your collection all the time. And if you maybe stop playing the month, uh, playing the game for a couple of months, and you come back, you should be able to do new things with your collection and and explore in that direction without having to, you know, uh, grind for for three seasons or drop a ton of money on new packs. And we believe that you know this in the long run will make people value the the cards collection really highly and that we're able to also bring in different types of game modes and different types of uh, formats and stuff that you can use your collection in. because I really want, you know, in my ideal world, your cards collection is like a deck of cards, right? You know, there's so many poker variants out there. Some people like stud high low, somebody likes stud high, someone likes Omaha, someone likes pot limit Omaha, right? Someone likes no limit Texas Hold'em they all use the same deck of cards to accomplish uh, an extremely engaging and fun game. And I think that's something that we can do with collectible card games as well. Um, uh, 
in a way that hasn't been done in the digital space before. Yeah, I think you guys are are doing an excellent job at that so far. Yeah. Like the the card that comes to mind as like the best example of that is Reichsbank. Um that card went from basically never seen play ever. It wasn't even like good in draft to unlocking so many possibilities. And like it is both a competitive card and you can use it in a deck with like a very limited collection and it will still be equally as strong. Yep. Yeah. That's that's for sure. Uh Reichsbank is currently in quite good card. And I think I can spoil this here because the deck li uh, list submission is over or Oli, did you receive all of the deck lists? Yeah. Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> um, I can spoil I bringing Reichsbank to the World Championship. Ooh. I, I will not tell too much, but uh, you will see tomorrow. Me probably playing Reichsbank. Yeah, and the fact that, like, if you said that, like, four months ago, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would have believed me. I wouldn't have believed me. <laughs> All right. I think this was everything through the tournaments. Did we just talk one hour about, uh, well, relatively fast about tournaments and cards? Or yeah. imagine, imagine this uh, telling you someone telling you this one year ago that you are mm, <laughs> that you are uh, too busy playing tournaments in cards so you're not do have enough time to to grind the ladder <laughs> well yeah. this this was was happened to me um i i was sitting like on rank 200 and 2300 points so the whole month because i was practicing for the for the world championship i was participating in the occ i do have a real life yeah <laughs> i was unable to to play draw uh, to, to play ranked and hard grinded the last three days the evenings for hours uh, to get into top 12 to be able to participate in the occ this was close while the for nine months ago 12 months ago i was only playing draft uh, only playing ranked because there was nothing else i really like this uh uh this way cards is going currently this is amazing yeah the tournament really, really exploded yeah really really happy to hear that um and that definitely fits our ambitions, right? Um, again, like I, I like drawing parallels with with poker. Um, I used to play poker professionally for a couple of years, so you know, poker for me is kind of the the closest I've been to being a competitive card gamer, so to speak. And and it follows a lot of the same kind of similarities. You want to kind of try and reduce variance and get yourself into high percentage situations and and so on. And for me, playing tournaments was what I liked. 
right? I wasn't a, a cash game player. So I really want that to be, like I said, uh, uh, a path that people, if you like competitive card games, I want you to be able to start playing tournaments and cards like day one. I want you to be able to build your collection through playing in a tournament setting, right? I want you, you know, if, if you enjoy maximizing uh, the, the, the value your deck brings against a, a field of players, because um, playing in a tournament is a very specific experience, right? It's that, you know, that best of three, that best of five, when you're sitting there, you know, everything's on the line. Um, I really want that to be approachable for everybody and for for every single person that goes, yeah, I love competing in card games. I love deck building. I love that high high level of play to, to find a home in cards. And uh, I feel, you know, absolutely privileged to that, that this is a vision that, that multiple people within the company share and that they were willing to, you know, bring me on uh, into the team at, at such an early stage and kind of give me free reign to just go shower you guys with cash prizes and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and different tournaments, right? Um, so huge yeah. shout out to the, to the rest of the team as well. Well, thank you, 1939, for this. Thank yeah, you very thank much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jackie, we, we both are probably the player who should uh, thank you the most, or the, I don't know, the often the loudest, because uh, we get, or currently we, we got the most benefit. Yeah, we are the in terms two of, highest earning players this year. Yeah, T till now. At least one Chinese will beat you. <laughs> <laughs> There's always some some better Asian player. That's true. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And, and, and from my perspective as well, like, that should, you know, I hope that inspires other people out there that, you know, putting in the hours and putting in the effort to get good at cards, to, to get to the competitive level, um, is something that is worth it. Right. Uh, it's not something that, you know, you're taking a massive gamble on because I know I know that your time is valuable. Right. And and I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like you guys are charging a high hourly rate for the amount of, you know, effort and work <laughs> you guys put into this. Right. Um, in, in terms of the prize money. So so for me, that's a, that's a huge thing as well. And, and I I appreciate that time investment. And I feel like that should be rewarded, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, talking about the, the earnings for time investment, I I just passed one uh, one dollar per hour, so I'm <laughs> 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 I I spent one 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 thousand seven hundred uh, hours on Steam, maybe one thousand eight hundred now, and with with the one thousand dollar I I have uh for uh, have safe. From the world championship, I am at two thousand three hundred dollar this year, at least, compared to maybe one thousand eight hundred hours of spending in cards. Mm -hmm. um, they are much better jobs. <laughs> how much, how much time did you? Uh, how much time did you spend uh, uh, studying dentistry? <laughs> um, I I don't know, but. A lot more, <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> yeah. But I, I started working, and got an average, average rake, 
because I'm just employed and don't own my own dental office. So I, yeah. I'm happy to I'm happy to have a stable life and uh, average wage job, girlfriend, a car, and being able to play a lot of cards and being successful in this game. I'm very yeah. very thankful for that. Yeah, I was actually I started playing my cards in the competitive scene um, after like during summer break because I'm a student and I was like out looking for a summer job and it was like the height of COVID lockdowns, so I couldn't actually find a summer job. <laughs> it was it was not great, but I actually like owned like a decent chunk of change just from playing cards, which I probably would have been just playing video games anyways without a job in the summer so the fact that i was able to actually like make some amount of earning for like the time and effort put in it's actually very meaningful yeah for for a student i, I know this uh, my my time at the university was very hard because i don't come from a wealthy family uh i actually got an stipendium like well in germany uh, if your family is having a very low income, well, like very low, uh, the state, uh, like Germany, is supporting you because they say, okay, your uh, parents are poor, but uh, here we give you some money so you can study and you have to pay back 50% after, and you have to start after five years of finishing your education. So this is amazing for for my country, and I'm very grateful for that. This was the only possibility for me to study dentistry, because this would be very hard for my parents to to pay for me. And with this, I was uh, able to get to go to the university as first member of my family, studying dentistry. And why do I talk about that? Well, whatever. <laughs> this is this is careless. I lost, this, yeah, I lost, lost in stuff. Completely. The lost. podcast is called Careless Talks for a reason. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's the reason why we choose this top, uh, this this name for the podcast, Careless Talk, Careless Talks, uh -huh. uh, because Jay King and I, or Oli Chromi and we. We already uh, talked via Discord, talking about cards, and got lost in the topic, talking about very random stuff. And there were just people joining us uh, in this voice channel, and they were interested in this random stuff. And yeah, this was a point where we thought, okay, let's do it. Let's start this podcast. <laughs> I love I love random stuff, and you know I love. I love being able to to sh kind of share the the insight into what we're thinking at 1939 because I feel like I feel like the public opinion of the gaming industry can be so weird, right? Um I mean, you you have the likes of like EA games and stuff that that kind of ruin you know, the business model the business model that has been pushed by some of those companies ruins the reputation for 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 a lot of the yeah. gaming companies. Yeah. You know, I've worked at, I've worked at, 
you know, CCP, I've worked at Riot. I have not once met a person that ever talked to me about profit, right? Like no one that was creating any feature or making any type of gameplay or anything like that. They were all passionate about making something fun, making something engaging, making something worth, you know, people's time. Um, Did you ever so I, spoke to someone from EA? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, sure. Um, I know, I know, like, uh, sometimes I, I, I've known, you know, teams within the industry that have worked on things that got shipped and then didn't uh, didn't get, you know, a positive response. Uh, were called, you know, money grabbing and all that kind of stuff. And all the people on that team, you know, none of them thought that that was what was going to happen, right? They all just kind of made the mistake in assuming that the value that they placed on this thing was the same as the value in the community. And they didn't get the, the, the feedback they needed to kind of assure that that assumption was correct. So I would say, like, if you see 90, uh, 99% of decisions and features and new stuff that is shipped in the gaming industry, it is done with really, really good intentions. But sometimes teams just mess up and, you know, they make an assumption that that isn't correct. Um, and I think, like, I can be also super honest. I think we made that mistake um, with, with Theaters of War, for instance. You know, we packed so much into each campaign um, and sold them each for 100 gold. I think, like, if you break that down into four 25 gold chunks, for instance, I think the experience that, that was created there where people felt like the game was pay to win for a little bit um, would have been completely different. Um, and that's a mistake in assuming from us, right? Um, our assumption was more in the package better, right? Um, and, you know, we got to keep some sort of, you know, ratio so we're not just giving everything away without taking any gold out of the ecosystem because then then the game just doesn't work um from a from a business perspective but you know the assumption that was wrong there was that the packs needed to be this big um and this is something that we learned from um made the cards craftable made it easier to acquire um without getting to that 100 gold threshold and and that's just you know how we uh uh, yeah, it's just how we uh, how we like to approach it. Yeah, I think, like personally, I actually think Theaters of War was done like very. It's <laughs> 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 a great picture. <laughs> so this is the picture from from uh, Ollie's Twitter account. Well, <laughs> I, I just noticed people people were surprised Ollie is in here because they don't see him. I was like, hmm, let's find a picture of him and put him into the <laughs> podcast so the space is not that empty between us. Well, talking about the 100 gold, well, for me, uh, this was perfectly fine. I, I loved Theaters of Raw because it was for relatively... Uh, for, for less money, you get a lot of content. And I had this gold, you know, I, I was sitting on like 2,000 or 3,000 gold. Uh, but even if you're just having 400, 500, 600 gold, uh, for these players, this offer was perfect. But, you know, it takes a long time to, to, to get 100 gold. 
Most of yeah. them are using this to buy packs, to buy draft tickets. A lot of people are low on gold, and for these, 100 gold is a lot. Yeah, so, I think yeah. it's because no one is saving gold past like 15, 20, maybe like 30 if you want extra gold for like draft runs. Um, no one is saving that unless they have a full collection. So to see something that's 100, which is like so much more than like the next expensive thing in terms of gold pricing, just seems like a lot. So like my perspective when I saw 100 gold each was, wow, this is actually like a really good deal. This is like less than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I, I can do this and it doesn't even like largely impact my gold collection or like the, the, the amount of gold I have. And I had a friend who was newer to the game and didn't have any saved up gold and he uh, he played draft and he was able to like afford all five of the campaigns after I think like three and a half, four weeks of draft. And he was able to do that because I was like, theaters of war is worth it. It's worth saving the gold. And then I gave him like a few tips and like the best way to like get gold. Mm -hmm. um, but if I understand that like if you're like a new player or you're a player who has never saved gold because you spend gold as soon as you get it on pack or draft, and then you see something with an 100 gold price tag, you don't really understand how fast you can earn gold if you don't spend it. Well, and... if, if you're not playing every day for one or two hours, um, you, you probably need three weeks or four weeks <clears throat> to get one yeah. of these, and they are five. So you, you don't want to see and campaign and thinking, man, I need half a year to get this. And on top of that, you know, there were there were powerful cards in there, right? So mm -hmm. yeah. you, you, you have to play against these cards while you're trying to grind the gold, making the grind more difficult. So, you know, when, when all of a sudden you logged into the game and every game you were playing against, you know, somebody with three honeys in the back line and, and ramping HP like crazy... And you were like, I can't craft these cards. I can't. I don't have a hundred gold. I have to. I have to grind against this deck on ladder for a hundred games or something. You know, that 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 was something that felt really bad. And again, you know, goes back to that assumption of, you know, people know how to get gold. People will understand the the kind of value to gold ratio here. You know, we're. We're doing stuff like new battlefields and and kind of different things uh, for the first time, and you know we we definitely think that this is worth it. But the experience of how you got it and how big of a chunk it was for a large part of the player base—that's where our mistake was. And you know that's something we learned from. And and I think you know I think Breakthrough is a great example again um, of um, that learning. Um, continuing to pay dividends because uh, you talked about it in the in the card reveal video, uh, J King. You know we're releasing almost half the amount, uh, just over half the amount of cards in the legions, but we're probably doing the same amount of impact, um, the same amount of new decks, uh, new strategic options, uh, reinforcing some different archetypes, and so on. And that's I think a huge thing because it means that. You're, 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 you don't have to open packs to get those 70 cards you would never use. Um, you, you, you do get all the value, and you get it pretty much immediately. Um, I mean, I already have... I opened, the, I opened six breakthrough packs today, and I already have 
some breakthrough cards in pretty much all of my decks. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was actually just thinking about that. I don't think there's a single breakthrough card. Maybe I could be wrong. I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but like there's at least virtually no breakthrough cards where if I opened it with a limited collection, I would be like, well, this is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I opened 12 packs today. And I got four elites, a lot of specials, and I was very hyped because I got the new research mechanic. And uh, yeah, already quite a lot of the new cards. And so I, I opened one. And I didn't pay it for the pre-order bundle because I won this from <laughs> tournaments and stuff. So I opened uh, one pack day. Um, I think this is the best pack I've ever opened. It had three specials and an elite. That's that's great. It was insane, uh, and I like I like you know squealed uh, across the office um, because <laughs> you know the way we do it as well is like you know we don't just gift ourselves all the cards. We just uh, I open them, I earn them, you know. Um, yeah. All right. So. Yeah, I actually, in my um, in the four basic packs that I got for end of season rewards, so in the in the three basic packs I got for end of season rewards, I got four elites in those three packs, plus the free elite for <laughs> end of season. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we we now gone public, you know, that there's duplicate protection on on elites and and specials. Um, so basically, half of the rarities in the game have have duplicate protection on them, um, uh, which I think is is awesome. This is awesome. We already talked about yeah. this uh, the yeah. last podcast. Uh, then we're doing, you know, the the national progression and stuff that that is being worked on that that got pushed into twenty twenty one. You know, that's coming, and and that's going to give, I would say, even more control about how you grow your collection. Um, you know, do you want to focus on a specific nation and building the collection around there and unlocking certain decks? Or do you want to kind of go wide? Um, that's going to be more of a, a personal choice. Um, we've also gone, you know, with with the release today, you know, reinforced the national identities with new table props for the for the different nations. So, oh, they so look now you so good. <laughs> yeah, they they look really good. So yeah, I mean, uh, I would say all of this is is indicative of where we want to go and then kind of how we want to approach developing cards um, all right so um, thank you jk and ollie for joining uh for this podcast today uh i have to go now i will upload this podcast soon on youtube as well and i hope we can do this more uh, regularly jk to continue yeah. our podcast uh or uh yeah our podcast today will be uh t tomorrow will be awesome uh check out the world championship guys please and i wish you a good evening everybody yeah thanks for uh tuning in and should all come watch world championship tomorrow it is going to be hype.
All right.